This podcast contains adult language and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Grant. And I'm Erica. And this is From From Crime Crime to to Crime. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. And if you're just joining us, Erica got another dog. <laughs> yeah. Welcome Waylon Jennings Mead to the family. Yep. He's a little golden retriever puppy. We just thought that, you know, we had a little German Shepherd puppy and apparently we're insane. And we were like, <laughs> oh, we might as well do the whole puppy potty training thing all at the same time. That was really a dumb idea. Uh- I bet it's an absolute handful, but it's probably so cute, so whatever. It's all fine. Yeah, it's all good. They'll be best buds. Best friends forever. (laughs) You always have to, like, sing a jingle in every episode. I love singing. Ah, I know. I do. I love singing and dancing. I'm just just such a hoot. (laughs) (laughs) You are. We should get into this week's case, though, because nobody cares about us singing or our dogs. (laughs) That's true. But we're going to do a Jane Doe case this week because, obviously, I like Jane Doe cases, so every once in a while I make Grant do one. Well, it's true. These are Erica's passions, like the Jane Doe's. I think that's why she really got into true crime as a whole. But I got to say, even this one was really interesting. I thought that this one went above and beyond my normal call for a Jane Doe where I'm kind of left like hanging for a lot of stuff. And we're left hanging, but it's super, super interesting. So... Let's get into it. And there's a lot of stuff. Like, there's a lot of clues yeah. to help identify Yeah, her. it doesn't make a lot of sense, so. But there is one small issue with this, and that's kind of like the ethics on whether we should be trying to identify somebody if they don't want to be identified. Yeah, and I think that's why I like this one so much, is because it does bring that into question. And I'll be honest, I feel really strongly about one way, and we don't actually don't know each other's opinions. We haven't talked about it, so... <laughs> Um, I have already thought there's no way Erica is not going to be on my side about this. So, (laughs) so with that, I will go first and I think that we absolutely should still have to identify them even if they didn't want to be identified. What's your opinion? I feel pretty much the same because I feel like identifying them, one, it gives them their name back, but also if there is family or friends or somebody who loved them in their life, they deserve to have that closure of knowing what happened to their loved one their loved one is already gone they deserve to have that closure of knowing what happened to them and i think beyond that i mean just for record's sakes we kind of have to know like who's alive and who's dead that's why we have those records of (laughs) birth and death certificates yeah well and then the other thing that a lot of people say about this jane doe was that she didn't want to be identified and she wanted to be a jane doe and all that stuff but My opinion is different because I don't get that from, well, as we'll talk about what she left behind, I don't get the idea that she wanted to be unidentified. I feel like she thought nobody would care who she was. Yep. Cool. Because that's exactly how I was feeling about that. Yeah. There's nothing in there that says, I don't want to be identified. Don't look for me. It's just, it was kind of more like, nobody's going to care. So bye. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's... That's kind of why I felt strongly about this. Like this also would yeah. prove that people cared and it's been a long yeah. time since they, they 
you know, have been able to identify her, but people still care. Yeah, of course. So today's episode obviously is about the Annandale Jane Doe, and it takes place in Annandale, Virginia in December of 1996. So it was pretty cold, December. It was like 40-something degrees outside. And Annandale is a suburb of D.C., so it's not like a super small town, but it's not a huge city either. It's, it's a quiet suburb. So on the morning of December 18th, 1996, a groundskeeper for the Pleasant Valley Memorial Park and Cemetery came across a pretty unusual scene in like the infant and child section of the cemetery. Yeah, this was called Babyland, and that's kind of weird. Yeah, like, I don't love that. No, that's really weird. Like, why would you... That I don't know. Obviously, it's a playoff of Disneyland, but Disneyland's supposed to be this happy, you know, loving, most magical place on Earth. Babyland is not that. Yeah, it feels real sketchy. Yeah, don't call it that. If they haven't yet, change that name. Yeah, so in Babyland, he found the body of a woman, and she was not really next to any like particular gravesite. She was just in this Babyland area, and he called the authorities right away. And when they got there, they noticed that the body was still warm. So she hadn't been dead for very long. Yeah, that's nuts. So they immediately started checking the scene for an ID or a vehicle that she drove there in or anything that her belongings or identification might be in, you know, to figure out who she is. But there was no car. There was no ID. Nothing. So all they had to go on was the stuff that was around her body. So let's start talking about what was around her body because... It's all interesting things when you when we look at the whole picture, but we need to know these things now. Yeah, so they found two envelopes, and each envelope contained a $50 bill. One was addressed to the cemetery and one to the coroner, and they were both typed notes that said, Deceased by own hand. Prefer no autopsy. Please order cremation with funds provided. Thank you, Jane Doe. I don't think a cremation costs 50 bucks, even in 96. Yeah. You know, a <laughs> lot of people say that. A lot of people do say that because cremation can cost a couple thousand dollars, but in 96, it may have been cheaper. And I do know that if you're not getting an urn and having any services, like if it's just literally a cremation, it is a lot cheaper. Like if you're not trying to do anything, I mean, obviously she didn't want a funeral service or anything, or maybe she just didn't have any idea how much it cost. And maybe it was just like, eh, this is what I got, you know, here you go. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be gone anyway. It doesn't matter. I can look like I'm helping. And so this, these notes with signed thank you Jane Doe is why a lot of people think that she didn't want to be identified because she identified herself as Jane Doe. But to me, what I read from that is like, hey, nobody cares. Just please order my cremation. Thank you, Jane Doe. Well, and if this was a suicide and she did this to herself, like yeah, people who are at that state aren't exactly real happy with who they are so you know maybe she was embarrassed and didn't want to admit who she was yeah that could be too yeah so they tried identifying her through all the like normal channels and since she was found so quickly they had a really good artist rendering of what she looked like you know to pass out to the local news and stuff like that they had fingerprints dentals dna but nothing they couldn't identify her. I know. And that's the weirdest part is dentals couldn't identify her like DNA, nothing yeah. like they have everything. And still, like, which there's nothing makes a lot of people think 
that she wasn't from the area then because nobody recognized her and they couldn't find her dental records and stuff like that. But then other things say that you wouldn't be able to really find this cemetery if you weren't from the area, that it wasn't really right, you know, where you would just stumble upon it. You would have to, like, know where it was, which I feel like you could look up a cemetery. Like, if that's what she wanted to do, you could just... I mean, back then it was probably like in a book, but right, you could just look up where this local cemetery is. I have so, a theory that we're going to talk about at the end, but I have to write it down. So sorry if you hear all my movement, but otherwise I'm going to forget it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So like I said, they couldn't identify her from normal traditional means, but there was a lot of clues at the scene. So her body was found lying on a clear plastic tarp. So she laid a tarp down. Now, it could have been because the ground was wet and she wanted to be comfortable, or it could have been because she was trying to be respectful of whoever found her body. But she was fully clothed, and then she had a plastic bag taped to her head. She was estimated to be 50 to 70 years old. She was a white female, standing about 5 feet tall. She weighed 157 pounds. She had red, auburn, almost coppery color, curly, short hair. You know, like an old lady curly short haircut. Yeah, I've seen it. It is, it is exactly that. It's an old lady haircut. Mm-hmm. The haircut hut would do those nonstop. Yeah, but 50 seems on the lower end of the age range for a haircut like that. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It's It does. So to me, she looks more closer to 70 than closer to 50. Yeah, I agree. She had a few distinguishing marks, not many. She didn't have any tattoos or anything, but she had an eight-inch vertical scar on her abdomen that went from, like, you know, her abdomen all the way down around her belly button and then down. And a lot of people speculate that it was from a C-section, so they think she was a mother. But it's quite large to be a C-section. I mean, it went all the way around her belly button and then continued down. I mean, it was eight inches long. Yeah, it would. Well, and I also saw a lot of people who said like this that wouldn't make sense for a C-section, which I don't know. I've never right. been a part of one, but it <laughs> seems to <laughs> me. Thank God. Yeah, it, it seems to me like it's more of like a abdomen or like intestinal kind of a thing like kind of a scar but again i don't know i've never been a part of it so and don't they do c-sections on the side no they but nowadays they do them very low and they do them horizontally and they're only a few inches long right but if this lady was in her 70s she would have had a c-section years before that Mm, good point and they did used to do them vertically because i know my grandma she has a vertical C-section scar, not a horizontal one. Oh, okay. So they did used to do C-sections vertically, but even hers, which was done in the 60s, is not eight inches long. It's still only, you know, five inches maybe. Would they you know, s- it's not that big. But would they go around the belly button? Hers, I don't remember. I feel like hers went right through her belly button. That's kind of I what like I would they think. Didn't really care. Yeah, I would. That's kind of <laughs> what I would think. But anyway, yeah, I feel like they didn't really care back then. We could talk about your grandma's belly button anytime. Let's yeah. get back on track. Like, I'm getting really off topic here. So her fingernails were also painted red, which I don't think is very identifying. A lot of people paint their fingernails red. Her clothing was a little bit unique, though. She was wearing a lot of clothing, like a lot of layers. And so some people would speculate like, oh, maybe she was homeless. So she was like wearing everything she owned. Yeah. 
But the layers that she was wearing were very high-end clothing. They weren't like and cheap stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and that would make sense for that area too. So that's other another reason why people kind of think she might have been from the area because typically well-to-do people, yeah. you know, wear nicer clothes. Right. Which is a poor investment, by the way, everybody. Don't do that. That's financially uh, irresponsible. Irresponsible. Yeah, shop at the Goodwill. <laughs> And then I've heard a lot of other people in articles and stuff say that she wasn't dressed for the weather, that she was kind of overly dressed with all the layers. And I'm like, you just said it was 40 degrees. Right. Exactly. Like, like I would be wearing this many clothes or more if it was 40 degrees. Oh, yeah. We don't do 40 degrees very, very well. Yeah. So I'm not sure why they say that, but OK. She was wearing a jacket, an Eddie Bauer jacket, which makes sense. It's freezing. And then she was wearing two sweaters. Both were a brand that was sold at Nordstrom's and Saks called Classiques Entier. And then she was wearing a silk shirt underneath that that was the same high-end brand. And then she was wearing navy blue wool pants that were the same brand. And knee-high stockings, a white bra, Fruit of the Loom underpants, black loafers, size 7. So... I mean, she was dressed, but I don't think she was overly dressed. Like, two sweaters and a jacket? Is that too much? No. Two sweaters and a jacket? No, I don't think so. At 40 degrees, I would, again, Yeah, that's it sounds pretty cold. Um, is Eddie Bauer yeah. really that high-end, though? Like, I remember- No, but the- And then, you know the what? The Classiques and Tier brand was, like, the silk shirt. If you get a silk shirt from them now, like, the one- the sleeveless silk shirt she was wearing underneath her sweaters is like $230 at Nordstrom's now. Oh yeah, that's pretty pretty pricey. Right. So I'm sure the sweaters were 400, you know. It was more the other the Classiques and Tier brand was the one that was the most expensive. I mean, I don't think Eddie Bauer's like super cheap. I'm not sure it's like Walmart cheap, but it's not <laughs> like this other brand. I think in the 90s it was a higher end brand. I actually remember cuz Ford used to have Eddie Bauer seats, and I was like, Mom, who's- Oh, yeah, they used to have the Eddie Bauer edition. Yeah, exactly, and I was like, Mom, like, who's Eddie Bauer? And she was like, oh, it's a high-end name or whatever, and I, honestly, I just th kind of thought we were poor, because, you know, but whatever, and, but yeah- Because you didn't know what it was. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> that's kind of why, but, um, you know, but yeah, apparently funny. it was actually kind of a big deal, but then I think they sell stuff like that at Target now, so I don't know how- I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been real big into Eddie Bauer. I feel like that's for people who hike. Really? Oh, man. I have I have no idea. I don't know anything about Eddie Bauer. Okay, anyway, we're getting way off topic on Eddie Bauer. Do you think he's nice? But it was really, it was really the other brand <laughs> of clothing that was the expensive. The Classiques Entier was a really expensive brand, and everything she was wearing except her jacket was that brand, which I also think is a little bit like indicative of how old she was because i feel like older ladies do that they have like outfits yeah oh yeah oh yeah like i'll wear my jeans with whatever shirt and what you know what i mean like i'm not like oh my jeans are this brand and so is my blouse and so is my so like that's that's an older lady thing to do well our older lady people coming up like it's going to be real interesting because the older generations, you know, do typically get dressed before they go out. <laughs> Millennials and below, they have no problem going out in pajamas at any point. So, uh, yeah. So old ladies are just going to be rolling up in, you know, sweats and and sweatshirts from from now on, I think. Yeah. 
We're gonna be cool. I'm excited to see some old people, some old millennials. Yeah, listening to like rap music, it'll be rare, real weird. <laughs> you <laughs> for you, you rapping every Ja Rule song. Hey, don't make fun of me, dude. Ja Rule's cool, dude. I didn't, I didn't make fun of you, but you seem I mean, pretty sensitive about it. I don't it. think he's cool anymore. Oh, is I don't it? think he's cool anymore. But he was cool in the day. Anyway, so she was also wearing some jewelry. And her jewelry was not cheap either. She did have clip-on earrings. Could have just been because her ears weren't pierced. But she was wearing a gold women's guess brand watch and a 14-karat gold ring with four jade stones in it. So her jewelry wasn't cheesy either. Is guess a good brand? I think you can buy guess at TJ Maxx. I don't know. But she had a gold ring with four jade stones in it. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I don't know anything about brands. I'm not a brand person. (laughs) The only brand of anything that I'm really like set on is my truck and my sandals. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's it. Just rainbows and rams. Yeah. I only wear rainbows and I only drive Dodge trucks. So rainbows and rams, baby. Rainbows and rams. Yeah. Other than that, I don't really care about brands. So I don't really know. Rainbows and rams would be a sweet screen name for you. Oh. Yeah, we well, need to we, we need to make 96, you a, so. we need to make you a screen. Oh, this could be your aim name. Oh, I love it. Yep, perfect. I'm in. Rainbows and Rams. <laughs> All right, we need to focus because we're getting real off track. Sorry, when you when I hear a good aim name, I just got to go for it. Yeah. So the only other piece of jewelry that she was wearing was a Medic Alert bracelet that said "No Code DNR No Penicillin." And I know you have a weird theory on this that. She wasn't allergic to penicillin. She, <laughs> we, but I, my theory on it is that people don't wear medical alert bracelets unless they have some sort of health issue, uh, like a severe allergy or some sort of terminal illness or something that people need to know about. And so the no-code DNR is obvious to me. She, If she were to be found unconscious, she didn't want to be revived. That's obvious. And I think the no penicillin was just because she was allergic to penicillin. And... I- we did talk about this before we started, and I kind of talked myself out of my original thought because it does sound kind of silly, but I, I think that it is has some merit. I think no penicillin. I think penicillin was probably the premier antibiotic at the time, and she didn't want any kind of help. And so, like, no penicillin, yeah. no help, no nothing, no DNR, no code, no penicillin. Yeah. Like, more instructions yeah. than it was, like, you know... No yeah. dot dot warnings. But yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, but I get it, what you're saying. Yeah, it is a little silly and may not make sense. Well, obviously she was in a desperate state of mind. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. So additional personal items that were found with her was a pair of bifocals with translucent frames and a really small, almost child size fanny pack that was like had Mickey Mouse on it and it was worn and tattered and had like tape on it. So it was obviously something that was important to her. Yeah. It's really interesting too, like that she held on to that of that one thing with yeah. just this fanny pack. Well, and that's where a lot of people put their theories together about being found in the baby cemetery and then having a child's fanny pack that obviously meant a lot to her. Like We'll get into that in a little bit. So she also had a green REI brand backpack that also looked pretty worn. It didn't look like she had just bought it. It looked like she had been using it for a while. And that had two cassette tapes in it. Jeff Foxworthy's You Might Be a Redneck and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And she was also wearing headphones when she passed. 
that were attached to a portable cassette player. And in that cassette player, there was another comedy cassette of Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner's 2,000-year-old man skit. Mm -hmm. And they assumed this is what she was listening to as she passed away. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Those are really different like forms of comedy, too, or styles of comedy. I wonder... Yeah. I mean, it's not normal for people to have different interests, but those are really, no. really different. Yeah. But they're all terrible. So I guess that <laughs> them. is that what your theory is? Not funny. Is that what your your tie to it is? Is they're all not funny? Yeah. I will agree with you. Monty Python is awful and not funny at all. But Jeff Foxworthy's yeah. got some good stuff. And I don't yeah, think I know the 2000 does, but... year old man routine. But yeah, but it's Mel Brooks. So it's like not that funny. Yeah, I'm not a big Mel Brooks fan either, but... but Yeah. I know people talk about that a lot. Like, wow, she had such a random taste in comedy, and it's like, it's all comedy. Yeah, like different types of music. I, I don't know. Yeah. I like different types of music in the same type of music. <laughs> That's true. Like... Yeah. I like Waylon Jennings, and I like Patsy Cline. They're totally different. And you but like... But they're both country. And you like Garth Brooks and you like Florida Georgia Line. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Our official from Crime to Crime stance is we hate Florida Georgia Line. Yes, it is. Like, we hate them. Terrible. Oh. Yeah, they're the worst. They are. So anyway, now that we've offended all the Florida Georgia Line fans, let's yeah. keep going. We already offended all the Dave Matthews them. Band and U2 fans. So, you know, yeah. we're not picky. We'll offend anybody. Well, they should be used to it. If they're fans of Florida Georgia Line, they should be used to people making fun of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you're not, well, so, you've come to the right place. Yeah. So she was also found with a roll of masking tape and three empty bottles. The first plastic bottle was an empty clear plastic bottle that had contained the alcoholic beverage brandy, but was empty. The second one was an empty Mystic brand mango juice bottle. And the last one was a Luza brand peach juice bottle that was also empty. And Luza is a Belgian juice company. So there's a whole lot of speculation that she was from Belgium because a lot of people think that it was not available in the United States back in 96, even though it is now. But I found a lot of sources that said that they it was available in the States in 96. So I don't buy into that very much. Yeah, I don't know. That one could go either way, but it's a, that's an interesting theory, though. It kind of makes a little bit of sense, so I like it. Well, it is, and it's awesome that people are looking into like something as trivial as the juice bottle that was found with her, you know? Right. They also found next to her body, and this is kind of sad, and I don't love this part. They found an 8-inch Christmas tree that was decorated with gold balls and red ribbons. Yeah, yeah. And it's obviously a very small tree and obviously right around yeah. Christmas time. So, you know, it's like she went yeah. there and had like her own little last Christmas. Yeah. I didn't love that. No, it's kind of so kind of weird. It was later determined that she had been drinking brandy, took Valium and died by suffocation because she had placed the plastic bag over her head and then taped it super tightly shut. And her blood alcohol level was 0.14 at the time of her death. Damn. That is high. That's really high. That's really, really high. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, I mean, I feel like you would have to be really drunk and really high to tape a plastic bag over your head. Because wouldn't you just yep. naturally rip it off? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, unless you were passed out. So, yeah. Yeah. 
So they also found a poem in her belongings that read, Now I lay me down to sleep, soon to drift to the eternal deep. And though I die and shall not wake, sleep sweeter will be than this life I forsake. So it's similar because it's the now I lay me down to sleep prayer prayer or whatever. Yeah. But it's rewritten differently. And when you research the way that this is written, nothing comes up except the Annandale Jane Doe. So it seems like she wrote this herself. Yeah, I mean, she probably did. And, you know, it's not too far off. So she had a pretty good template. So it's, you know. But I'm just saying, like, it seems like familiar because of the prayer, but there's no publication of this anywhere. So it seems like she wrote it herself. Yeah. So. I would agree. That's pretty much all the things that were left around her and all the details. And like you said, it's kind of a lot. Like you can look into each little thing super specifically. Like we could talk about her choice in choosing to listen to comedy records while she was doing what she did. You know, she maybe she was trying to make herself feel better or, you know. I mean, it kind of sounds like she was going out with her favorite thing. It sounds like, you know, the Mel Brooks 2000 year... 2,000-year-old man routine was what she wanted to leave this world doing. I mean, but that's, a, again, if we assume that this was a suicide, and we can get into that later, yep. but, you know, it's... <laughs> makes sense, you know? If that's what she liked and that's what she wanted to go out with and she just went and got super stoned and super drunk and... Yep. You know? So let, let's let talk about the other theories, though, because, like you said, murder is a theory. Yeah. So it's... I, go ahead. Well, I mean, that's the theory, is that it wasn't a suicide. It was a murder. Yeah, and I mean, there are some points to it that do make sense, obviously, with no kind of vehicle around. Um, that would be mm-hmm. a big one. And, you know, like you said, taping a plastic bag around your head, like... That seems pretty, you know, pretty drastic too. I don't think that's what happened. I mean, I think though there are some cases for that, it just, it seems too far off. This seems like she, yeah. she was, you know, looking to do this. Well, and she had all these really specific items that she obviously wanted with her when she did it. Yeah. I don't think somebody who murdered her would put all those things with her. Yeah. And- it's too elaborate. It's very elaborate. And then to write the poem, which is obviously saying that she did it herself, to write the notes to the coroner and the cemetery. I mean, this would have been extreme planning if somebody else did this. Yeah. And which is not, un- that's not not possible. It's totally possible. I just don't think it's very likely. I don't think so either. I think she was in a bad state of mind and this happened. Yeah. So a lot of other connections that people try to make is to another um, suicide of a lady named Mary Anderson in Seattle. About six weeks before our Jane Doe was found in Virginia, a lady named Mary Anderson was found in a hotel room in Seattle. And she had checked into the hotel and then she also chose to unalive herself. And (laughs) she signed her suicide note with a fake name. Mary Anderson, and she said, I don't have any family, I don't have any friends, do whatever you want with my body, Mary Anderson. Like, but Mary Anderson wasn't her name, I guess. It was a fake name, so she didn't sign it Jane Doe, but pretty much, you know. Yeah, so where's the connection? Like, 
in in a murder is that like what they're saying the connection could be like died the no, no no i think the connection is did our jane doe say oh because that would have been in the news a little bit oh okay in the weeks yeah. before she died because it happened just six weeks before she died Yes. So I think the connection might be, oh, did she hear about that and go, oh, I'm going to do that, you know? Yes. Okay, cool. That that was the connection I made. And I want to make sure we're on the same page. That sounds very yeah. likely. Very, very likely. Yeah. You know, just kind of like, cool. I, but I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be identified. I don't want to be here anymore and I don't want to be a hindrance to anybody else. Exactly. Yep. So other theories involve the actual place where she decided to do this so the children's section of the cemetery and people make this connection because of the Minnie Mouse fanny pack you know found with her at the scene so I mean I don't think that's a terribly unreasonable theory the only thing is it's there's so many theories it could be because she was never able to have children it could be because she had a child who passed it could be because she had a child and then they don't talk to her anymore. It There could be a million reasons why she chose that cemetery. Yeah, but maybe she knew somebody or had a baby that was buried in, in that baby land area. Yeah, it could be. That's a That's a common theory. There has been a lot of speculation on the internet about one particular headstone that's in this baby land area. And it's of a child who was nine years old at the time of her death. And her death date listed on her headstone is December 18th, 1989. Yep. So seven years before our Jane Doe exactly to the day killed herself. And if you go through all the find a grave listings for this entire cemetery, there that's pretty much the only connection to that December 18th date. Is, you know, because people's birth dates and death dates are listed on the gravestones. And that's really the only connection to December 18th. If if there's a connection to the date. The headstone is for a nine-year-old little girl named Brandy Ray Ballard. Okay. Yeah. I remember hearing about that. And that's obviously why people think she was drinking brandy. Right. Since they were kind of tied. The first time I heard this theory, I was like, you guys are insane. Yeah. Like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You think she's drinking brandy because this little girl's name is Brandy? But the more I think about it, the less crazy it sounds. Yeah. And I absolutely agree with you. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, and I kind of like pushed it aside. And then I started thinking about it more. And was, it makes more sense the more that you think about it because, yeah. you know, people do that. People associate something with, you know, a feeling with they associate two names together or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that there's some validation to it or there could be at least. Exactly. And the death date being December 18th is Ex- yeah. significant because there's not any other ones in there that are that date. Now, that's not to say that she doesn't have a child buried there with a different death date. You know, she just chose this day to be done with this. Right. But it is an interesting connection that a lot of people make. So do you have any theories on where you think Jane Doe came from or what might have happened to her? I do. And it's a little out there. It's a little far-fetched. But I think we have to kind of think outside the box for this. So... Here's kind of what I think happened. I do think that this woman was a little more well-off, more well-to-do, and I think she may have been from the area, but may also had not been, and was probably driving or in a car that was going through this this Annandale area, and either was a part of or caused this this kid 
Brandy, if this is who she was going to visit, to die, you know, and she felt great remorse and very sad about it and and maybe oh i see what you're saying she she felt responsible exactly and you know she kind of was able to pay attention to kind of what was going on in the news so she knew the kid's name and she was able to go back there stuff like that and i think where the fanny pack came from i think they went back through kind of where the scene was scene of the crime kind of deal and the the fanny pack may have been around there and she picked it up thinking you know it was tied to it you know so yeah so i mean your theories are always a little bit out there but i mean if we knew the cause of death for this little girl then that would obviously help yeah everything i've looked up i can't find a cause of death listed for her yeah, so, so I'm she could have died of natural causes, you know. We do know that she died in a hospital, but we don't know how. But maybe she had something to do with it. It made played some kind of role. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not debunking your theory. I'm saying I get what you're saying. I'm just saying that it would be it would be helpful if we knew how this little girl had died. Right. Very Because true. then we could just say Oh, it's unrelated. She had cancer. Yeah. You know, or whatever. It's not anybody's fault, you know. But yeah, if it was some sort of accident or something like that, that could make total sense. But it kind of explains the cemetery, too, because you you say that she does like you'd have to be from there. Well, if she was kind of keeping an eye on this, let's say it was a hit and run just, you know, just to make things easy. It was a hit and run. It's in the news. You know, Brandy is, you know lay to rest at this obscure cemetery right. like right you know then you know and you kind of know where to go looking and, and the general area and stuff so yeah that still doesn't explain why nobody's reported her missing well if if that was the case and she was from somebody somewhere else and she was a well-to-do lady how has nobody missed her how's nobody been like hey where's dorothy or whatever her name might be. You know, and th- there's different ways. I mean, if she actually was from Belgium, then maybe she well, you know, left for Belgium and yeah, her family didn't really hear true. from her. Maybe they had a falling out. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. she was, you know, driving with an abusive husband or something and he hit the kid, you know, and he died. And then, you know, she felt bad about yeah. it and went and did it. So, like, and that was the only person, you know, like... That's yeah. how these no, things happen. Like there have to be yeah. one-offs and interesting things to get to these points. So that's kind of why I think that you have to kind of think outside the box. Usually the answer is the most easy. <laughs> the easiest answer is like the most obvious answer is usually the answer. Right. In these cases, but so it could just be that she has no family. She didn't have any kids, she didn't have any relatives and Maybe she was terminally ill. Maybe her stomach scar had something to do with some sort of illness, and she didn't want to battle it anymore. They still did the autopsy. They would have seen something in her, and it would have, like, that should be part of this case. And I think it would be if there was something in there. See, but they've never released the results of the autopsy. So a lot of people speculate that they did not do the autopsy because she asked for them not to. And they've never released the findings of an autopsy if they did one. Yeah. But Virginia state law requires an autopsy for suicides. Well. It's not an option. They had to do it. And we know her blood alcohol level. And we know, you know, there's certain things that we know that if they didn't do an autopsy, we wouldn't know. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, again, why I think we absolutely have to do, like, identifying people and doing autopsies on Jane or John Doe's. Because we have to know what's going on. 
you know, it serves yeah. a bigger purpose and you may want, may not want to know who you are or pe- want people to know who you are, I guess, but sorry, people have to know who you yeah. are. We have to continue moving forward. We have to know. Like, Grant can't handle this unsolved shit. I can't guys. handle anything unsolved. He has to know who you are. <laughs> Tell me who you are. So No, I get it. And my thought process on Jane Doe's is usually giving them their name back because somebody loved them. You can't go your whole life in this world without making a connection to somebody. I agree. Totally. You know, and I think that somebody somewhere was probably at some point missing her as missing her. Yeah. Even if it was a family member, they had a falling out. They, you know, never made a connection. I'm sure that person would still want to know, Hey, yeah, your sister, your, you know, brother, your whoever passed away. Yep. So we'll post pictures of this Jane Doe and all the items that she had with her on Instagram. Um, so that you guys can check them all out and see if you recognize anything. Because that's the other thing is even if the description of her doesn't ring a bell for somebody, maybe she dyed her hair or maybe she did this. What if that fanny pack is like, oh, my gosh, I knew a lady at church that was obsessed with this Minnie Mouse fanny pack, you know? Yeah. Something might trigger a memory in somebody's head of who this woman was. And maybe the theory about the German juice brand is right. Maybe she is from Belgium. But I just I mean, her notes were written in English. Her poem was written in English. It didn't seem like broken English, like, you know, where Belgian was her first language. You know what I'm saying? Like her notes were written in clear English. Okay, hang on. So with that, maybe her father was in the service and was stationed over in Belgium when she was growing up. And so she had Belgium ties, you know, I mean, there's there's lots of different ways. Could have been something. Yeah, maybe she grew up in Belgium, but, you know, had American parents or something like that. Or... Brandy is disgusting, so she needed peach juice to choke it down. Yeah. And she went to the store, and this brand of peach juice was there, and she was like, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it literally could be something that is just nothing. Not related at all. Yeah, you're right. That's why I don't want to waste a lot of time on that theory. I mean, I think they need to look into that, and they need to... I'm sure they sent her picture to Belgium and all that stuff, but it's like, I I don't know if that's a huge... I don't know. I just, I, that doesn't seem like a good lead to me. I agree. But I could be wrong. Obviously, we don't know who she is. Yeah. I think that there could be something to it. And maybe I jumped onto it too much, but, you know, maybe not. But I also think that she may have had something to do with the death and felt guilty. So, yeah. And that totally could be. I think the most logical thing is she was an older lady who had no family left. She might have had a terminal illness or was just depressed. Maybe she knew somebody at some point that's buried in that cemetery, somebody close to her, a former husband or a family member that had passed or something, and she just chose to go there and end it. Or she wanted whoever found her body to be somebody who was used to dealing with bodies. Could be, yeah. Like not traumatize somebody that isn't used to seeing a body, you know, where, where else would you go where there's a lot of, where people won't be traumatized by seeing a body. That's very, that's very considerate of her, honestly. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like it could be any of those reasons. She obviously was thoughtful in what she did. I mean, she thought it through. I mean, enough to write notes and put money in envelopes and bring supplies. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't a snap decision. Yeah. I mean, this is 96. She had to go to the bank to get money. Yeah. It's a whole lot of stuff going on. So if you look at her photos on our Instagram at From Crime to Crime and have any info, please call the Northern District Medical Examiner's Office at 703-530-2656. 
And tell them what you know. Be a hero. Identify this woman. Also, change your Amazon Smile donation to DNA. <laughs> I haven't said that in a long time. That's true. And I feel like Please do that as with well. our recent jump in listeners, the number of listeners we have, we could make a difference at some point if everybody did it. Also, I do want to end this with a shout out to my Aunt Lori, who today, as we're recording this, is her birthday. And she is a huge From Crime to Crime fan. So happy birthday, Aunt Lori. Happy birthday, Aunt Lori. We love you, and uh, we will see you tonight. All right, buddy. Well, do you have anything else to add on this one? No, other than this one's an actually interesting Jane Doe. So that was cool. You know, it's nice for all of us. Oh, I also wanted to say thank you to everybody who's left a five-star review on iTunes. I was reading them the other day, and I was like, wow, people are really nice. Hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks for being nice to us. Most people on the internet are really mean. Yeah. But they're very nice. All of our reviews are very nice. So our little corner of the internet and podcast world is very nice. So thank you. That's all we want. Just kind people. Lie to us. Tell us we're great. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. All right. Well, well, next week we'll come back with something that you're more interested in. Well, I'm interested in all of it. Just maybe a little more interested. All right. Well, I love you. Love you too. I'll call you later. Okay. Bye.